So rejection is something, um, social exclusion, that's something that we all fear. Um, accidents. Um, that accidents happen in life, don't they? Randomness, chaos, um, things we didn't foresee. Um, sickness, nobody likes to be sick, nobody likes to feel unwell, and death. Um, we're all scared of death. Human beings have a natural tendency to be afraid of death, even if we know where we're going. We still might fear death. And as we move through life, sometimes it seems, human beings, we bow down and worship these things. It seems like they, they're, they're in tyranny over us. You know, like we have to obey them. You know, we'll do this or, or that to make sure it doesn't happen. Um, and yet they still seem to happen, like accidents. We do everything we can to make things like flying on an airplane as safe as possible. But we can never be sure there won't be an accident. Um, accidents will continue uh, to happen. So um, it seems like these things are the boss. It seems like these things are king. Let's now uh, read the passage again, thinking about these four things. And somebody's got the first reading for me, Jono, so let's do the first reading. Wherever you like, come and, yeah, come and do it from there if you like. You can, you can do it from that bit there if you like, if that's easier. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was uh, by the lake. Then one of the senator leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so she, that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Fabulous, thank you. Uh, so we meet Jairus. Um, what do we know? Hands up, or I just call out um, some of the things we might know about Jairus. We've learned quite a bit about him, actually, in a very short space of time. What have we learned about Jairus? About Jairus. What have we learned about Jairus? He's a dad. Thank, thank you, Dad. Uh, he's a dad. Yep. He's a church leader. He's somebody respectable. Um, what's Jairus's name? Jairus. Thank you. We've learned his name. That's important in the Bible. Um, it's, it's a way of showing dignity, um, that this is a respectable man. He's, he's, he's a dad. Um, what else do we know about Jairus? He's got a very sick daughter. And Blake, how do you think he might feel about that? Can't even begin. So of those four things, he, he's, he, this man is terrified. Um, this man would be beside himself. His, 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 his daughter is sick. He's scared of sickness. His daughter is dying. He's scared of death and the loss that will mean, beyond thinking. What else might he be scared of? There's a third thing in that list that I think he might be scared of. Absolutely, who said that? <laughs> Thank you, Sophia. Uh, rejection, we already know a couple of chapters back. The Pharisees, this guy is a church leader. Um, he's a synagogue leader. We already know that the Pharisees have decided that Jesus, um, they're gonna try and kill him. Um, he's a controversial bloke, this, this guy. Um, and so in the middle of, of a public space, coming, falling on his knees, grabbing hold of Jesus, 
He's taking a terrible risk. Um, this is a controversial person. Maybe he will be rejected for talking to Jesus. Uh, let's, um, let's move on. The next reading. It's a really short one, this one. Well done if this is your one. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. Brilliant. Thank you. A large crowd. Um, uh, hands up if the thought of a large crowd is really exciting and you think that's a good idea. Who likes large crowds? Thank you. Yeah. Um, and Andrew? Yeah. Thank you. Um, when you think about a large crowd, uh, you might think about uh, um, Soccer World Cup. Um, uh, party, so, something exciting. There's lots of people, so this must be good. Um, uh, why is there a large crowd following Jesus? He Yes, so, so Jesus is the Messiah. He's doing lots of miracles. There are any number of reasons why people might be following him. Lots of these people, uh, lots of these people um, um, they've probably got needs of their own. You know, they've got, uh, you know, uh, um, Jesus, tell my brother to divide the inheritance amongst me. Um, I, I, I stubbed my toe this morning. Um, uh, I've, I've run out of wine. Um, <laughs> it could be all kinds. I'd like to see a miracle. That would be fun. I'd really like to see a miracle. Who knows all their reasons? But a, a huge crowd following Jesus. Hands up if the idea of a huge crowd is not good news. Like you see a large crowd, you think, oh, I'm not going over there. Okay, that's a fair reaction too. That's me, okay. Uh, Soccer World Cup, no, thank you very much. I'll watch it on the telly. Um, large crowd, high-risk environment. High risk of what? Well, for me, actually, high risk of rejection. What if they don't like me? Um, what, what, what other things might happen in a crowd? Anything at all. Accidents happen in crowds. You know, that terrible thing in Korea recently. Soccer stadiums, they're not that, they're not that, they're not that safe. No, I don't want to be there. So if I was Jairus, I would go, ah, well, the last thing we need now is a large crowd. Let's not go through the marketplace. But which way is Jesus going? Through the marketplace. Anything could happen. This is high-risk environment for accidents, and I'm scared of accidents. I want to control everything I can. So, so I don't like the large crowd. All right. Let's see what happens. Next reading. And a woman who was there who had been subject for bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Thank you, thank you. That was a great reading. Thank you, that was lovely. Um, okay, we've learnt quite a bit about this woman. Uh, hands up if you can tell me, what is her name? We don't know her name. Yeah, we don't know her name. She's nameless. Why is she nameless? I don't know. The, the author doesn't tell me, but she's anonymous. Uh, maybe the, maybe uh, Mark is protecting her dignity. She's got a condition which is very, very, very private and very debilitating and very horrible. Um, and it's a horrible medical condition that she's got and we don't know her name. She's nameless. 
unlike Jairus. Um, uh, we learn, actually, nevertheless, we, we learn a lot about her. Why is she unnamed? Possibly, possibly because Mark wants us to think about comparing her. Jairus, high-status male, powerful, probably rich, named. Then this woman, she's got, she's got this very, uh, very, very uh, private medical problem. She's unnamed. Uh, we, 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 don't, we don't know her name. Um, but we do know... Um, uh, that because of this particular medical condition, uh, she would be a low-status person. The, the, the rules in the Bible, in the book of Leviticus, means that she would be something called unclean. She would not be welcome. She, she would not be welcome in the town. She'd be on the fringe of her community, suffering a lot of rejection, as well as pain and suffering. She'd be suffering a lot of uh, rejection. Um, how much has she suffered? Um, Mark gives us quite a bit of detail. Hands up if you can tell me one thing that she suffered from. Economic loss. Economic loss. Was that Phil? Thank you, Phil. She's lost all her money paying her medical bills. Phoebe, were you going to say something? Con continuous bleeding. She'd feel awful. I, I don't know. Maybe that's very, very painful. I know it's, it's debilitating. Um, uh, she's spent all that she had. Uh, how long has she been unwell? Twelve years. Later on, we're going to meet a 12-year-old girl. So in some sense, she's been like this for a lifetime. Um, a terrible, terrible thing. Um, and uh, she's... How many doctors? Just one or numbers of doctors? Many, many doctors. She's seen many, many doctors. And that's been a big help, hasn't it? No, instead of getting better, she grew worse. Yeah, and sometimes we know all about that in our age as well. As wonderful as our medical system is, sometimes you know, we have to see specialist after specialist, and instead of getting better, we get worse. Um, hands up if you can tell me, this is a tricky question, what does this poor woman need? Healing. Where does she need healing? And I'm not asking in her body. I'm asking where in the town should this healing take place? Privately. <laughs> yes. Yes. What is conspicuously absent from the text is, see, she's, she's in a masculine domain. Um, I, I think maybe Phil and Julie would know about this from working in Kabul. The streets are full of men. Uh, the marketplace, that's where men are. If there's women there, they're just in transit for somewhere. This is a masculine domain. What is curiously absent is a man, a husband, a brother, a father, to have a quiet word with Jesus and say, could you please come, could you please come to our house? There is a delicate matter which we need to talk to you about in private. The poor lady, there's, there's, this is a masculine place she's in and there's no one to defend her cause. Um, if, if this problem started when she was a young girl or a young woman, she's probably unmarried because she's unmarriageable. If she was married, it, there's a very good chance she's now divorced because she can't have babies. There's, there's, there's no man to stick up for her in a place where in that time, it's, it's somewhere for men to do the talking. 
So let's, um, so she needs a private healing in her own home. Let's hear what happens. Next reading. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that the power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciple answered, and yet you can't ask, and yet you can ask who touched me. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you, Isaac. That was great. Um, do, you, do you know how sometimes in life, the moment one problem is fixed, there's another problem? Um, this has happened to that poor, that poor lady. Um, uh, as soon as one problem was solved, and it was, and she felt in her body that she was completely well, praise God. But um, towards the end of that, that reading that Isaac just just did, we find her trembling with fear, Trem shaking, shaking with fear. What is she frightened of? Does anyone know? Rejection. Yeah, yes. She's frightened that she might get into trouble from the teacher. Hands up if you've ever trembled with fear because you're frightened of getting in trouble with the teacher. What, now, what she's done to this teacher, why she might get in trouble, we might, let me explain that to you because it might not be clear. But according to the rules of the Old Testament, as an unclean person, she's touched a holy man, and that ought to make him unclean. And according to the rules, he now needs to go off and be by himself for the rest of the day. Wash his clothes, and then at sunset, he can come back. Uh, so she has contaminated a holy man because she was unclean. That's why she's so frightened. She's fearing rejection, rebuke, a good telling off, uh, um, shame, um, uh, uh, disgrace. Did it turn out that way? No. What was, what was the first word she heard from out of Jesus' lips? What was the first word she heard? Does somebody remember? Daughter. Yes, daughter. Um, uh, isn't, isn't that wonderful? That reminds me of Boaz in, in, in the book of Ruth. That's the first thing he said to, to Ruth, who, who was all by herself and in terrible danger. And possibly in terrible danger from him, because he was a named, rich, powerful Jewish guy. And his first words to her was, daughter. In other words, you are completely safe, and you belong <laughs> completely. Like, you're my own daughter. I'm going to look after you. I am your defender. I will stick up for you in the public place. So, um, uh, and then your faith has healed you. Literally, your faith has saved you. And although she may not have understood it then, um, 
what, what she was saying is you belong to God now and you belong to God forever because you've put your trust in me, God's son. So it's amazing. So um, actually it looks like she went from one problem to another problem, but actually she asked for something. Did she get it? Yep. And what else did she get? A whole bunch more. <laughs> she put her trust in Jesus. Not only did she get healing, but she got acceptance. She got eternal life. Not that she would have understood that just at that moment, but she got so much more than she ever dreamed or imagined or even thought to ask for. It's a fantastic story. Let's just finish it right there. Oh, no, we can't. Um, because Mark does this. He begins one story. He doesn't finish it. He begins this another story, then he finishes that one, and then he begins the first story. Um, if you're interested in such stuff, it, this is called a Markan intercalation, and there are six of them. You can find the other five. But we need to return to the other story, so let's go to the next reading. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Um, oh, dear. You know, if I was Jairus, I, I'd just go, I knew this was going to happen! We had to go through the marketplace. Oh, and it was time critical. And, and an accident has happened. Something, an accident has happened. And Jesus is just like the rest of us. You know, accidents happened to him as well. We had, you know, had good intentions. Um, but but is, is, Jesus, just, is Jesus under the kingship of accidents? Well, we're we're going to find out. But an accident has happened. And that's one of the things that we're really scared of in life. Random stuff happening, best laid plans of mice, completely out the window. Um, or mice and men, uh, as human beings have it. Um, uh, um, verse 36, uh, overhearing. Um, overhearing what they said. That word can also be translated ignoring what they said. Um, so the, the translators, they have to make a decision. Are we going to translate this overhearing or are we going to translate this ignoring? Well, I really like what they've done. I think the better translation is overhearing. But what he's saying to the guy is ignore it. Ignore it. Um, uh, and that's really interesting. Let me give you a couple of scenarios for you to think about and then you can ask me what to do. Imagine that it is your most precious dream and ambition to be a professional musician of an international standard. And somebody says to you, uh, actually, look, I'm sorry, but you're not talented enough. Um, uh, you're not talented enough. Concentrate on other things. Um, hands up if you think you should listen to that voice. Hands up if you think you shouldn't listen to that voice. You're kind of both right. That, that's okay. Uh, um, let me give you another scenario. You meet with your doctor, and your doctor, uh, doctors don't tend to say these kinds of things, but your doctor says, in essence, put your house in order, for you will not recover from this illness. 
Do, do you listen to that voice or not listen to that voice? Um, well, actually, it could go either way. It could be, yes, it could be that this person is speaking with the wisdom of God. And that actually, as difficult as it is to hear that, if you obey that advice, it's going to save you uh, a lot of trouble, a lot of pain, a lot of anguish, and you're going to be able to make wise decisions. Maybe you should listen to that voice. Maybe not listen to that voice. Maybe they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, maybe actually God's plan for your life is to be a world-class, internationally famous musician. God can do anything. Or to heal you from that illness. God can do anything. What are we to do with such things? It's not difficult. Um, let Jesus have the last say. Let Jesus have the last say. Yes, listen carefully. Could be right, could be wrong. Might be the best, might be really valuable advice. You might have, otherwise have to reject it and say, no, I believe God's doing something else. But let Jesus have the last say. Take everything to him in prayer. If he tells you to do something, do it. If he tells you to do something, it will be costly, but not nearly as costly as not doing what he tells you to do. So let Jesus have the last say and obey him. Jairus is going to do just that. So let's move on to the next reading. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. Ha! Huh. Um, has Jesus just told a joke? No. Um, uh, what did Jesus mean? And this, this is a hard question. Uh, there might be many right answers, but uh, what did Jesus mean when he said, she's not dead, she's asleep? Was she dead? Yes, she was dead. So what did Jesus mean? That she's going to wake up? <laughs> Blake? That they got it wrong? Um, yes. Um, I don't really know what Jesus meant entirely. Um, I think part of understanding what Jesus is talking about is that in the Bible, real death is being separated from God. And that is a different thing to being physically dead or mostly dead. <laughs> it is a different thing. Uh, so somebody can appear to be dead and we have a church service and we stick them in a box and we put them in the ground, but actually they're not dead because they're with Jesus in heaven. Um, so I think Jesus is speaking the truth. You don't really know what death is, is what he's telling us. Yeah, you can see with your eyes and, and, and you know what's happening physically, but that is not the whole truth. This girl will rise again. And they laughed at him. 
Um, I, I'm not sure if that meant they you know, fell about laughing. I, I think it means they mocked him. They derided him. They ridiculed him. Hands up if you like it when people ridicule you. Great. Good. We've established that one. Next reading. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went into where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Fabulous, thank you. Um, hands up if you are a kid. Hands up if you're a kid. Great, all right. Um, uh, you've just admitted publicly to being a little baby goat. Did you know that? Um, that's okay. That's what the word kid means. Kid means baby goat. And when somebody calls you a kid, it's a term of endearment because baby goats are actually really cute and adorable. Um, so my mum, who's been alive for an awfully long time now, she can remember when you might call anybody a kid because it was a term of endearment. It was a way of showing that you loved them. Talitha, it means little baby girl sheep, little lamb. It's a term of endearment. Um, it's a loving thing to say, like kid is a loving thing to say. And it's family language. Jesus is, Jesus is using family language, the language of the home. And um, uh, as though she was his own daughter. Um, and then he heals her. Isn't that lovely? Um, little girl, I say to you, get up. Um, and I just wanted to give glory and honor to Jesus because he, he doesn't do healings like anybody else does. Um, if, if you want me to pray for you for healing, I'd be delighted to. But I will pray in Jesus' name and I will ask the Father to heal uh, because it's his business. Jesus didn't pray. Notice that? He didn't pray. He didn't say, hold on, I've got to pray about this. Uh, he, he just healed in his own name. Who gets to heal in his own name? God does. That's right. Jesus is God with us. It's just extraordinary. One last reading. Who's got that one? Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this they were com uh, completely uh, astonished. He gave strict orders to not let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Fabulous, thank you. Yeah, that's great, thank you. Um, what did Jairus ask for? Y yes, Jordan? Healing. What did Jairus get? Resurrection. resurrection. <laughs> yes. Resuscitation. Resurrection. Exactly right. Yeah. You see, he got Jesus involved and he got so much more uh, than he asked for. Um, he asked for healing. He got resurrection. He put his trust in Jesus and he saw Jesus 
act like God. Isn't that astonishing? He got so much more than he asked for. And he's a synagogue leader. Do you think that knowledge might be useful for him in his, in his, in his ministry and job? Yeah, could be. Could be useful. Um, he got so much more than he asked for. Isn't that great? And um, there we could almost leave it. They were all completely astonished. Full stop. We could leave it there. Mark likes it when people are astonished. He tells us people were astonished at almost every turn. We could leave it there. But instead, we get two more interesting details. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this. And he gave her, and he told them to give her something to eat. Okay, why tell people, be quiet about this? I mean, I think, you know, like if you were, if you, were you know, going for the job of king of the world, you know, a bit of promotion might be a good idea. Um, why say, don't tell anyone about this? Have a think about that. Here's another way of thinking about that. All those who said, all those who laughed at Jesus when he said, she's, 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 um, she's not dead, she's asleep, what are they going to think? Hands up if you can tell me what they're going to think. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And where will that leave them? Completely in the... Confused. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Completely in the dark. They will be clueless. Um, they will be clueless as to what's happened. Because they'll go, oh, he, uh, we must have misunderstood. She must have been just in a very, very deep sleep. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a really dumb thing to reject Jesus. It's a really, 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 really dumb thing to not take him seriously. They are now completely in the dark, and unless they repent, they will always be in the dark. And that means that rejection, accident, sickness, and death will continue to rule over them. And even now, they are having to obey them 2,000 years later, wherever they are. Because that's a really good description of hell. Rejection, Sickness, chaos, death, eternally experienced. Really dumb up here, not taking Jesus seriously. But for those who did take him seriously, something else. Now, um, was this a public miracle then or a private miracle? It, it was private, wasn't it? Nobody, shh, no one's going to find out. It's all been done quietly. There are only three disciples there. This is a private miracle. So there's a bit of a turnaround. Uh, somebody who needed a private miracle had an incredibly public one. And somebody who needed a public miracle actually had an incredibly private one. Um, hands up if you know somebody else who rose from the dead privately and then had something to eat. Does that sound like somebody you know? Jesus. Why was Jesus' resurrection private? Because not a single person who didn't believe in him met him. Only those, quite a large number of them, up to 500 or more, but only those who already took him seriously saw that he had risen from the dead. And then he had something to eat. So actually, what happens to this little girl points to Jesus. 
uh, and that is wonderful. So um, here's, here's, we've taken a long time to get here, but this passage is all about how Jesus actually is king over these things. When I say he's king, these things can still happen. But as we, as we take them to Jesus, as we look to Jesus, as we take him seriously, we'll see that he will save us from these things. Sometimes he might save us from these things by way of saving us through these things. But we will always get more than we'd ever hoped or imagined or bargained. And sometimes, as with Jairus, as with the woman, did you notice for both of them, things actually got worse before they got better. And sometimes when we get God involved, when we get down on our knees and pray, that happens. Sometimes things get worse before they get better, and we just have to go, keep trusting, don't be afraid, just believe. And I think when each of us dies, things are going to get a whole lot worse on that day, and then infinitely better. So we don't have to bow down and worship these things. Jesus is king over them. Um, we, we, we don't have to live our lives in fear of these things like everybody else does. Jesus is king over them. And I, I hope uh, that that's a really encouraging, uh, strengthening thing to hear and understand. Thank you. Thank you, Jono.